0: This week on Ridiculously Bored. Does have uh, an
1: expiration date on it? Three weeks is from my experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, this was the one we were supposed to keep above the waist. <laughs> Damn like, it. Oh, that's a nice man. <laughs> what the <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> Go to Urinal 5. He's like, you know how that works.
0: Hey everybody, my name is David Michael.
1: I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. bored. Roll intro!
0: All right, how's everybody doing? We are here and back for episode seven. Yes. Uh, I don't think you or I thought that we would last this long. Not not because we didn't think that people would be interested. I, I think you and I thought, because we have that squirrel mentality, that we would be on to the next thing by now.
1: No, I mean, I look, I think we have a ton of stories to tell. the The good thing is, which at least for me, is being on the East Coast, and going to bed very late. Like I have those extra hours. Family, everybody's in bed already for a couple hours before we jump on. You, it's a little bit different because it's earlier for you out there.
0: Yeah, it's not too bad. Two hour difference right now. It'll be interesting after the uh, daylight savings time when there's a three hour difference. Cause yeah. then, uh, it's a little bit earlier for me, but uh, thankfully I eat dinner fairly early, so not so too bad.
1: Before we get into how was your week, I saw the drink make a quick appearance there. What <laughs> is David's drink of the
0: week? Uh, David's drink of the week is um, it's I guess it's an eggnog martini, but it's actually um, rum chata, and you're gonna think I'm an alcoholic, but uh, let's see rum chata which is horchata flavored like a it's rum beverage on the other side just of that
1: eggnog. on the other side of that rum chata does it say bull semen
0: <laughs> let me see no michael it does not just just checking it's it does say best enjoyed within six months after opening does semen have a, an
1: expiration date on it three weeks is from my experience <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> wait, this was the one we were supposed to keep above the waist.
0: Damn it. <laughs> we screwed up. We already went there. Oh, that didn't last very long. How was your week? It was uh it was a holiday week. We we released the uh the Christmas episode last week. How how was your uh, your Christmas?
1: It's good. We're on now the firm closes for Christmas break or holiday breakdown, so it's good. It's time to start unwinding a little bit. You know, being an accountant, busy season's right around the corner. So it's good. You know, the kids were pretty happy with Christmas. They got basically everything they wanted. They didn't ask for a lot, to be fair to them, but they got what they wanted. So that was great. How was your week?
0: My week wasn't too bad. Um, The, you know, we did some family stuff for Christmas and then just kind of tried to chill out the rest of the weekend, just because it's just so much stuff going on with, you know, the kids and Christmas. So it was nice to have a few days of, of not doing a whole lot, but I do have a funny story that happened this week. And, uh, the funniest part about this story is, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't setting up a joke. I wasn't trying to do something that was going to cause uh, a funny reaction. Um, this is just, sometimes I just do these totally random things and they have no meaning. And occasionally they come back, and they're hysterical. And this happened to be one of them. So my wife is in the kitchen. I think it was um, either Christmas Day or the day before, and uh, uh, she couldn't open a uh, like a jar of like pickles or something like that. So she asked if I would open it. So I don't know what I had just watched or what I was doing, but I decided to to go, you know, watch this. And I just took the jar and I flicked it with my finger, and then I opened it right up. And she was like, like, what, like, how did you do that? And jokingly, I said, well, I just I saw it on YouTube. And she went, huh. And that was it. That was the end of it. Today, no, yesterday, okay, we're at her mom's house. And she's telling her mom how she tried <laughs> flicking a jar like eight times the other day. And it wouldn't open. And she said, she was trying to explain like, you know, and her mom was like, well, why, why would you flick it? Oh, my husband saw something on YouTube or something like that. And I just happened to overhear the conversation and I absolutely lost it.
1: And she's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, I totally made that up. <laughs> so a couple things here. One is her finger now in a splint from continuously <laughs> slamming it into the lid. So what happened that it actually worked? It didn't work. I just put like a little extra
0: muscle in it and it it opened.
1: Okay. So you, you did it once and then you kind of flicked your finger on it after like you popped the top already. No, no, no. I I literally,
0: it was just totally random. I'm like, watch this (coughs) flick opens it up like on the first try. Right. And
1: I totally understand. I'm going to fucking YouTube this myself later. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing. There's nothing. It sounds like something happened there. I don't believe you.
0: So anyways, I overheard her telling the story. And I mean, don't get me wrong. My my wife's not a ditzy blonde. She's not any of that. She's super smart, very successful at what she does. And it was just one of those moments where I happened to pull it off, where I was just, it was just so matter of fact, oh, I saw it on YouTube. And then I just walked away.
1: That's great. Yeah, this week, um, we're in the process of making a pretty big life decision for my parents right now. So this week, I went to look at a place for them. And I went on Wednesday and as a, hey, did you enjoy the place? The lady gave me a pie. It's like, oh, I know it's the holidays. Here's a pie. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I like the place enough. This must
0: be a very expensive place. (laughs) (laughs) They're giving away pies at the door.
1: It's it's definitely fucking expensive. So I like the place enough and I wanted my dad to see it the next day. So I went back. I made another appointment. You know, COVID, you can't just walk in anywhere. Made another appointment the next day. I went back. And the lady's like, oh, since we knew you were coming, here's a pie for you and for your father. So I'm like, <laughs> and it's the same lady. So I'm like, you know, you know, you gave me a pie yesterday, right? And oh, she's like, yeah. Nothing. So I think it's their thing. Like when somebody comes through the place. So told did look you at come it. back the day later with no, your mom I, and your dad? I told her, I said, look, you know the way to my heart. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> but no, I didn't go back. So yeah, it's pretty That's interesting. Pretty I'll funny. get more into it in a future episode. But yeah, we're, we're looking to make some possible decisions there on stuff.
0: Are you, um, and I don't don't want to get too deep into it, are you moving them closer to
1: you? No. Well, yes, um, but it involves around my mother's Alzheimer's. So there's some decisions we need to make. And so, yes, possibly it will be very close to me.
0: Yeah. I had the choice to move my dad into an apartment that was probably three or four hundred dollars cheaper per month, um, but it was 20 miles, 20 plus miles, 25 miles away from me. Um, or pay a little bit more and have him within a mile of yeah. my house. And it was worth every penny to put him a mile from my house because I'm over there probably four or five times a week. Yep. So it was just one of those things where it made a whole lot of sense to do that. Exactly. But he's not in any assisted living. So, I mean, if he needs help, it's me.
1: So I got to run over there. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what we teased from last episode. We talked about. Worst job or boss ever, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah you want so to go again, first? Um, I can. Um, I'll start. All right. So uh, I worked at a place that it was in bankruptcy when I went there.
0: Hold it, on before you go. We, we need to set this up. Sure. Is there a potential that you're this person, your boss may be watching the show? Not, it makes the story that much better.
1: Not this guy that I'm going to talk about. I'm hoping he's in jail, to be quite honest. <laughs> but uh, no. All
0: right. Well, I think there's th- I think there's a potential that one of my bosses may watch the show when I tell my story. So it'll oh, be
1: good. <laughs> uh, if David's boss does listen, please comment in the field and let us know. <laughs> so um, I was at a place for a few years, and like I said, I went to, to a hospital as uh, VP of finance. They were in bankruptcy when I went there, so don't don't point the finger at me. They. Um, they got out of that bankruptcy. They got out of it really poor terms. Like normally when you go into a bankruptcy, as you, you hear and you read about, people exit pennies on the dollar. This place, they were so cocksure of themselves that they exited paying, in essence, not only 100%, but 110% because of interest over like a seven-year period. <laughs> so they didn't make it. Two years later, they go into a second bankruptcy.
0: Jesus.
1: So during that time, you know, now it's things are falling apart. So it's, can
0: we explain what that means though, for, for people that aren't familiar with the accounting um, sure. world? So it means
1: they, they become the crazy eddies of the world. They become best, uh, not best by circuit city, uh, Enron where they're here one day and they're basically gone the next. Um, okay. but in the accounting world, there's a wind down, right? So it's not literally like they close the door and it's like, Oh, we're done. There's a long period where they wind down legals involved, the courts are involved, So bankruptcy is a long, drawn-out process. So once you go in it, though, you you only way you can get out of it is the court has to approve the next steps. Mm -hmm. So that's what was going on, and we went into the second bankruptcy. So during that time, it's... Now, the place had, in essence, 6,000 people. It was a big place on their payroll. In finance, it's only about 80 or 90, but about 6,000 people in the whole organization. So everybody's looking for a job. I find this... um, hospital in New Jersey actually, where they were in essence trying to buy a doctor and a nurse were trying to buy the license from a place that was having financial trouble. And so because of that, they were looking to build their team. So what I find out later on is they were really just looking for resumes in essence to get them through the process. So they they wanted you there, they wanted your input, but they weren't gonna listen. So <laughs> I get the job and the interview was like one of the craziest interviews I'd ever been on. Like, I, I think it would have been rather than ask me accounting stuff. You might as well have asked me to juggle. That's how like weird this interview was. And I should have known then, but the amount of money he was throwing at me for a one-year contract, the fact of the matter is that I didn't know if I was going to have a job with the place going into bankruptcy again, things like that. I took it. So little background, the guy, and, and this is important to the story. He was Russian. She was Russian. Um, they had two other partners who are also Russian. So they had run some pretty successful businesses that dealt with like clinics and outpatient services, you know, where somebody comes in for the day, get something done and leave. They just, they're the ones who decided to buy the hospital. They had never been, hospitals are extremely regulated, right? So they had never been in an environment that was that regulated. They also didn't seem to care <laughs> that the environment was that regulated. <laughs> so, you know they were. There would be meetings where they would talk to us, then they would yell at us, then they would have a um, a in Russian timeout, as I like to call it, where they would just talk over us as if we weren't in the room <laughs> for like ten um. minutes talking about stuff. So that was far and away the the wor- one of the worst job, probably the worst job I ever had. The unfortunate thing was I brought two or three people with me from my old oh, place. Yeah. That's the worst. So we were all in this <laughs> shitty environment. Um, and then I was telling Man, them it was like, your fault. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm like, you gotta get out of here as soon as you can. Like as soon as we realized that's what the situation was. Mm-hmm. And then like when my contract was up, they didn't renew it because by then they actually got the hospital. They now took ownership of it and they brought in their, their own people. And so like the guy who's running finance was like a security guard at his old place. Like that's how oh, he just wanted people in position so they could run it. So yeah, that's, that's far and away the worst place I ever worked Then, What about you? Oh, and they're the worst bosses. It's a triumvirate of uh, four people who were my boss at that point.
0: Yeah. Um. That sucks. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that I, I, I both love and hate um, throughout my career is managing people. Cause at some point in time, you take a lot of, responsibility for their well-being, right? You know, and and you bring them into the job. And especially if, you know, whenever you, if you jump around, you you tend to to pull your best employees with you along for the ride. So when you end up in a situation like that, and you don't know it's bad until everybody's already over, and then all of a sudden, you know, the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Those are the worst scenarios. And, and that's
1: exactly it. Because in the finance world, people bring their quote unquote team with them all the time. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. so a CFO goes to a new place he then brings his old director of finance with them mm-hmm. usually gets some more money for a similar role yeah right. that happens all the time so yeah yeah
0: um, <laughs> my uh, my worst job ever also um, maybe it wasn't my worst job ever it was definitely my worst boss ever um, so maybe I'll tell two stories my worst boss ever when I was uh, it was my first I think it was my first real job after like a newspaper route Right, I worked as a cabana attendant at the New York Athletic Club, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was on like the Pelham Bronx, you know, border in Mm -hmm. uh, in New York. And the job was super cake. Like, you know, basically all you had to do was, and it was from like you know May till August or whatever. All you had to do was like show up, hand out towels. There was like maybe three or four different like jobs you could potentially do. You could either work at the front desk, you were a cabana attendant. in the locker room. We'll get to that in a second. That was probably one of the worst jobs I've ever had. Um, You could be like a security guard for one of the side gates to make sure that people don't sneak in. Or you could be a lawn chair provider. Essentially, you would go sit out by all these big, heavy lawn chairs, and then people would come up to you and then you'd carry a chair out to this massive lawn that, um, you know, people would say, hey, you know, I want my chairs over here on the lawn and you would carry it. And sometimes they would tip you. At least that one you got tipped. But the problem with that job was when you weren't carrying lawn chairs out or there was only like 40 or 50 chairs. So once they were all handed out, you had to go around and clean up goose shit. And this massive lawn right on the Long Island Sound was just littered with goose shit everywhere. So that was the shitty part about that job. The worst part about the cabana attendant job is you had to, if you were if you were male, you had to, to, to manage the the men's room. If you were female, you had to do the ladies' room. Um, you had to open up people's lockers for them. So there was one master key for all the lockers so that the members didn't have to worry about, you know, having a key.
1: Oh, so it's not, they didn't lose their key. Like, no, no, they, no, there was just were, one key. They were just yeah. like cabana boy in the yep. short, short, shorts come yeah. over here and unlock this for me.
0: Yes, uh, except 90% of them were butt ass naked when they asked for your help. So you're literally all day long around 60 to 80 year old retired men uh, that have no shame whatsoever walking around butt ass naked after taking a shower waiting for you to open their locker.
1: Is this so you're considering your nude beach? last week (laughs) no
0: no it is not
1: Uh, that's a story
0: for a different time
1: did you have at least the other side which was those older rich wives who were like excuse me tennis instructor can you please come over here and come from behind me and show me how to improve my swing did you get that side of it at least uh no there was
0: there was no good side of it um so the worst jobs were cabana attendant and then the lawn guy that had to clean up goose poop all day long yeah um the worst part about the job, though was my boss, all right? He was kind of like the general manager of the cabana side of the house. And I think he was going to law school. And he's one of those guys where if we hung out outside of work, we probably would have got along and, you know, had a few drinks. I was 14, 15 at the time, so that wasn't an option. But he seemed like he could have been cool, right? But on the job, he was this complete and utter tyrant that absolutely had to rule with an iron fist, and everybody's nickname was Dickhead.
1: Yeah, he became like the door bitch at bars, right? To get all this power, right? Because he's telling people what to do, and he... Oh, power trip galore. Spider-Man says, great power comes great responsibility. This guy started tripping on the power.
0: Yeah, so... One time I was standing out in front of the cabana attendant and I'm like swinging this heavy chain that has this key on it. They had it on a chain. I don't know why. So you wouldn't lose it, I guess. Right. And some lady walked by and I accidentally whipped her in like the gut. Right. And um, I was like so apologetic. And then she went and she told the manager. And he came up to me and in front of like half of the members there, he's like, you fucking dickhead. And he just started screaming at me and just embarrassed the shit out of me in front of like employees and members. And I'm just like, ah, man, if I ever have to manage people, I will never talk down to them like that. And he did that all the freaking time. So uh, we, we had a, a plethora of names for him that we called him when he wasn't around. but And he thought he was like the cool guy. Like me thinking I'm the cool dad. He, yeah. he thought he was the cool guy yeah, when I everybody loved him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, is the funny thing is, it's not like he could demote you to a shittier job. Like, oh, no, like, there was none. He couldn't be like, go clean up the shit. You're like, I'm already doing that, buddy. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So and and then,
0: I, I think we made like four dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Yeah. Was and then every summer the you time. got like a twenty five. Uh, yeah. Every, every, every summer you were there, you got a 25 cent
1: increase. The cabana boys should have unionized. Yeah. Right. So, so that was pretty bad. So you speaking of like older people, like you're not kidding. Like, even if you go to like a public bathroom and you know, most of the time guys kind of rock up directly to the urinal, even so much where like, you know, they're almost squeezed into it when they're peeing. Cause they don't want the guy yeah. next to them to be looking at their dick. Right. So <laughs> Older people, like if you're not paying attention, you'll walk through the stream. <laughs> they, they don't give. Sh- they stand back as far as they fucking want. Zero
0: fucks given. Yeah. Absolutely, I don't understand it. I don't think I'll ever be that way. But man, some of these guys just walk around like they are God's gift, and they want everybody to see it.
1: Yeah, and so you know, talking about the older guys and the urinals. Things like that. I love when me and so like if we go on a road trip, right? Me and my cousins have gone on road trips and we have to go to a urinal or sorry, a rest stop and we go to the urinal. Mm-hmm. I love let them go in a couple minutes before me and mm-hmm. then I walk in after. So people don't know I'm with them and I'll walk up next to them and I'll go into the urinal next to them and I'll just go like, oh, that's a nice dick, man. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'll say things like wow, this color's orange. Is it supposed to be orange? Is anybody else in here peeing orange? <laughs> so they, I love doing stuff like that because it's just, it's such an awkward situation when somebody's doing that. Because as you know, there's certain rules to urinal use, right? If there's yes. five urinals, when you walk in Every other one yeah, until somebody's no in one, <laughs> three, and five. And if you have to use two and four, it's basically right up there with Sophie's Choice. Right, (laughs) You're like, I don't know what to do here. Do I wait a minute? Do I pretend like I got to wash my hands before I go
0: in? Yeah, so there's always rules to that. So for for women watching or listening to this episode, if you didn't know this about men, it is 100% true. So much so, in fact, that when I was in grade school, our boys room had, I think, no less than 12 urinals all lined up on a wall in a row. And we had to actually count. We would go a b a b a b a b because if you weren't in an a, if someone saw you in a b urinal, like you were one hundred percent gonna be lambasted in front of everybody in the schoolyard because it was. They used to go boy girl boy girl boy girl on the on the urinals and uh, and if God forbid there was like you know two people spaced out and you went in between them in the urinals, forget it. You were like done for your your street cred at the school was completely diminished.
1: So when I was in college, college, one of those situations, five urinals, let's say I was in one, somebody else was in urinal three. The other two were empty. Somebody walks in and goes into urinal two. So now it's Mm -hmm. all three of us right next to each other. And (laughs) to be surprised, I wasn't the one who said this. The other guy looks over at him and goes, the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Go to urinal five. He's like, you know how that works. Go to urinal five. So yeah.
0: The thing I don't get about men, and 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 just bathroom behaviors i mean you and i have, have have known each other for you know 40 plus years so we don't have a problem you know doing things that most people wouldn't you know do in front of each other like passing gas or whatever and uh i'm on a business trip and i'm a I can't remember what my role was, but I was a pretty high-level executive and I'm with one of our clients. This, I was working for an agency and I'm with our sales rep that manages this client. And we go, we're in their city and in their building and the three of us all go down to the urinal together and we're in there and it's just the three of us and it's me, the the guy who um, is our client. He's like a senior VP of something, probably marketing, and then uh, our sales rep you know, in it was only three urinals. So we just took all three urinals. Right. And this guy, our client just decides to rip the (laughs) longest couldn't have been less than 32nd fart. And we're standing here and both like the sales rep and I kind of lean back and look at each other. And like, what do you do? Like this is, this guy's paying us millions of dollars every year. Like what, (laughs) what do you say? But more importantly, he just plays it off like it never happened. Not like, oh, excuse me, or that one slept. He was just like, do, 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 Yeah.
1: I'm like, like, are you kidding me? Well, that's that's one of those things. Like, people in the bathroom, it's acceptable, right? Like, you know, our friend GQ, he doesn't fart in front of us. Even though we've known him for 40 years, he doesn't <laughs> fart in front of us. But if you go in the bathroom, he farts right next to you. So I'm like, what's the <laughs> fucking difference? Like, I don't understand this. But so... Keeping with our theme <laughs> of keeping the stories out of the bathroom humor, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lift it up a little. I am at a client dinner, and the, the person sitting across from me is the head CEO of a security company, and they're trying to sell the company I work for, security services. Him and I are going to a steak dinner. We're having a good discussion, everything. So at the end of it, he says to me, are you done with that bone?" So I'm like sure. So what's going through my head? Which can sure take it home is, for his dog. That's what I think yeah. goes through anybody's <laughs> head if you don't know the person, and that's the question asked. Oh. I go, yeah, sure. You know, like basically, you want to take it home for your dog, and he's like, no, I really like the bone. He grabs it from me and just starts gnawing on it at the table. <laughs> and and it's he's the, never like met you before, and this is the first time I met him. Oh, I, so it was so jarring that. I mean, me and the guy had a very good long relationship afterwards, but it was something that like really stood out at me of like, that's some
0: next level comfort. Yeah. Right there. You gotta be really comfortable that you're not going to, I mean, can you imagine that happening today with COVID and the pandemic and whatnot? Like that just doesn't exist.
1: No COVID. We'd (laughs) be at two different tables. He called me on (laughs) his cell phone. How's your steak over there?
0: (laughs) I got to take it back to the potty for one more comment. Um, And this happened a couple of weeks ago. I was in a uh, a public restroom, and uh, you know, I was in the urinal, and and some dudes taking a dump. You know, in the spot right next to like one of the only urinals in the small restroom, right. And I get it. You're going to number two, and sometimes stuff doesn't come out silently. (laughs) Sometimes it comes out pretty loud. Um, I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to stuff like that, but after he did it. He had the old, ah, like he had to make the noise of, you know, thank God, what a relief that's out. Like, I didn't need that. Like, well, at that point, I, I didn't need in that his... in addition to what just happened.
1: In that point, you were in his world. You were just a bystander. <laughs> you had plenty of time to leave the bathroom. It sounds like you were waiting for the ending.
0: I was midstream, midstream. <laughs> yeah, couldn't do a damn thing puck about it, it. up
1: and left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, one more topic on uh, on uh, worst jobs ever. I actually worked. So my dad's a licen- licensed electrician. And uh, in the summer times when I wasn't in school, sometimes I would work for him. And in you know New York summers are pretty humid and hot and whatnot, especially in like July, August time frame. Um, when it's 90 degrees out, but like 95% humidity, it's 10 times worse than any day I've ever had in Arizona. Um, I remember one time where we were um, we were working and it was in a basement, but it was like a crawl space basement. It was an apartment building, but it was an apartment building that I think had a bunch of crackheads because I remember there being like crack files all in the yard. <laughs> and we were doing some electrical work and we had to go down in the basement. and the basement was probably maybe maybe four feet tall and all cement, and we had to crawl in there. And my dad, I guess, had a bad back at the time, so he made me do it and I crawled in there and um, I couldn't and it was pitch black and I had a flashlight and there were no lights. and I'm looking around and I flashed to the side of the wall. And there's a spider web. Remember Daddy long legs mm-hmm. spiders? We don't really have them in Arizona, but like they were the worst spiders I remember. I don't do spiders at all. You know this about me Yes. I flashed the light on the wall and there were something like two or three hundred. Jeez. Daddy, so much so that it looked like the wall was pulsating.
1: How wet did you get? And your they were all get?
0: moving. Uh, I, I I immediately just like pushed back and just like jumped out. And was like, I'm not going in there. My dad made me go back in there. He's like, I need you to go check on that outlet (laughs) that's in there or whatever it was that was in there. I don't remember. But I remember that being one, the last, that was the summer that I decided to go work for the New York Athletic Club because that had to be 10 times better than crawling in, you know, basements filled with spiders. And that's probably where my spider phobia originated because that was the most disgusting thing of my
1: entire life. I mean, that's definitely a potential trigger. I do remember you telling stories about like tripping over crack piles when you would go around New with your dad.
0: Oh, it was so bad. We had some of the like dingiest jobs. That's one of the reasons why I went to college. I was just like, I don't want to work in a trade. I don't want to go to trade school. I want to do something where I can sit at a desk and not have to like get my hands dirty.
1: Yeah. See, when I dropped out of high school, and I worked for three years. I was working in a warehouse. And that was the point where same type thing. I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to be doing this exact same thing in 30 mm-hmm. years. Like, I, I, I'm I going to go back to school. And so I went back to school. So similar. I want to keep on uh, the the uh, trajectory of talking about the kids. Last week, one of your kids said <laughs> they wanted to be talked about. I like that because... Um, th- they won't appreciate it now. <laughs> but <laughs> being able to listen to these episodes in five, ten years, and eventually when we're gone, hopefully much uh-huh. longer than ten years, um, they'll enjoy these things, hearing these stories and things they've done. So why don't you tell me another story about an embarrassing time with your kids?
0: Um, God, there's so many. Um, I will tell you. So this one's not embarrassing for me. It's embarrassing for my daughter. Maybe Even I'll ba- tell you the. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll tell you both. I don't know. I'll start with uh, this one was fairly recent. And as a, as a father, um, you know, there have been times where you're watching a movie. Maybe, maybe you haven't done this yet, but I know other parents have had this scenario because your kids are still a little bit young. But you might be watching a PG-13 movie, or maybe it's a movie that's R-rated and you didn't know it was R-rated, or maybe it's a movie that's on TV. And occasionally, believe it or not, they forget to cut out parts that are a little bit too suggestive. Right. So the topic of sex comes up and you're just like, oh, this is awkward. Like it's it's awkward for the kids. It's awkward for you. And it's just uncomfortable.
1: Or it could be a box that somebody sent you named David who has a taint (laughs) drawn on a photo. Yeah, it happens. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Anyways,
0: (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> by the way, the, the, I think the, uh, the official name for that is the per- perineum perineum. Oh. It's we're, the skin above, between we're talking the, above the waist above the waist. But, yeah, <laughs> I think we gave that up when we started talking about toilets. <laughs> so anyways, so we're, um, we were on our way to go on a cruise and most cruises, as you know, leave from somewhere in like Florida, mm-hmm. right? There's a bunch that live that leave from like maybe California, but a lot of them leave from Florida, Yep. Miami, so, particularly the Caribbean also. cruises. Yeah. So we fly into, I think it was Fort Lauderdale and we get a hotel for the night because the cruise leaves at like, you know, 8am the next morning. So we want to get up by like 530 and be on the boat, you know, in time to enjoy it before it takes off. So we fly in the night before we get a hotel room and this hotel room reminds me of Miami Vice from the 80s, like the television show. It's got like the neon like flamingos and some neon like blue signs and whatnot. It just reminds me of just like that era, right? Okay. So it's not the most expensive. It's not a four-star hotel, but we just needed it for one night. Was so it by me and the my hour? Wife,
1: just curious. No. Okay, just checking.
0: No, but after I'm done telling the story, <laughs> you might think that it was by
1: the hour. Just checking. <laughs>
0: So, it's me, my wife, my two kids. Um, I got to believe my daughter is probably 17 or 18 at this point, which makes my son, you know, 14 or 15. And so, there's two beds. So, the kids are in one bed. My wife and I are in another bed, two queen-size beds. We go out, we eat dinner, we go back to the room, we go to bed. About 2 a.m. in the morning, I wake up and I hear moaning. And it's not coming from within... My hotel room. Well, next you're married, room. so we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in the hotel room next to us. So I kind of look around. My wife has earplugs in because I snore sometimes, right? So she's completely oblivious. And the kids appear to not be moving. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to like bang on the wall because I'll probably wake everybody up and then it'll be this embarrassing moment, right? So I'm like, all right, they'll probably be done in a few minutes. Um, so the moaning kind of got louder. And then all of a sudden I hear banging. And so now there's banging and it's the headboard of the bed banging against. And then I hear screaming. Hmm. And then I hear a combination of all three of the two. And then I also hear like smack. (laughs) I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? And I look over and I can tell that people are starting to like, wake up, people are starting to roll over. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, my kids are going to hear this. So they went on for another 25 minutes and like, I I was banging on the wall. I'm like, Oh my God, like (laughs) this will end my wife dead asleep the entire time. Did not hear a single thing. But my kids and I got a good laugh out of that the next day. But I was so embarrassed for having to sit through that wide awake. And the entire time, I'm like, Oh, my God, what are my kids thinking right now? What are my kids thinking right now?
1: You should have called me, I would have stopped. (laughs) (laughs) So I know this wasn't the point of your story. But you mentioned your wife wearing earplugs when you sleep. Now, knowing you as long as I have and having both the gift and the curse of having shared a bed with you here and there when we've been on (laughs) something, that surprises the shit out of me because when I've been in the bed next to you, you are the fucking quietest person I've ever seen and you don't fucking move. (laughs) Like There's been times in the morning where I've wrestled an alligator on my side of the bed and you literally fold it over as if you're folding a napkin on the kitchen table because it hasn't moved at all. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, that shocks the shit out of me that you snore sometimes and you uh, would need ear
0: The plugs. older I get, I find, and I actually tried Googling the hell out of this. The older I get, I find that the more um, I do it, and I never used to do it before. I was actually a pretty quiet sleeper through most of my adult life. And then um, I don't know if it's based upon what I've read. Dr. Google, you know, Dr. Google, hmm. um, he says that the, the flap of skin in the back of your throat is a muscle. And as you get older, the muscle deteriorates, it atrophies. So it's no longer rigid. So when you breathe, it like flaps. And that's what creates that kind of noise. Some people just snore, you know, regularly, apparently. In my case, it's just something that's just starting to happen. Um, they actually have surgery where they'll go in and they'll tighten that muscle up so that you don't do it anymore. Um, I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I care enough to want to like go through that process. But you know, for anyone out there that snores, there is there is a surgery, however new it may be, that can potentially help you.
1: That can't be like your first surgery. Like you need a couple of years of plastic <laughs> surgery, calf implants. Like you can't, your first surgery cannot be, I want to get my, in essence, throat muscles tightened and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So I got a, I got a great story when, um, and I don't mind saying this is a great story because it is, it, it is like from the mouths of children, right? As they say, from the mouths of babes comes the truth. This is a story that This it went sideways, but not intentionally. As an example, we are my son and I are in a store and we see somebody in the distance in a wheelchair and he's maybe four or five at the time and he's never seen somebody in a wheelchair before. So he's curious. So he's like, Daddy, what is that? And like, I thought he was talking about something else. And finally, I got to, Oh, he's asking me about the wheelchair. So I said, Well, look, I said, we're very lucky. Our legs work. We can walk on our own. We don't need a wheelchair. That's a wheelchair. I said, that helps him get around. I said, it's either can be mechanical or they can do it with their own arms. Like I said, but we're lucky we don't need a wheelchair. And he was like, okay. I don't know how much of it he's absorbed or didn't. Mm -hmm. Three weeks later, we're in a supermarket. We're in like, I'm scarred by this. We're in the frozen food section. I've now opened the freezer I'm looking at which thing I'm going to buy as I'm going to grab it. My son starts saying, look, daddy, that lady's not lucky like us. She's in a wheelchair. She needs a wheelchair (laughs) to get around. We don't. To which I turn around and the lady is right next to us. (laughs) So he is in essence telling her to her face that she's not lucky and she needs a wheelchair. So (laughs) I like. I am in shock now, and and thankfully I don't freeze up when I shock. I'm in shock, so I, I turn to the lady and I say, "Look, funny story. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I was trying to explain now to my child. To I was like I was trying to explain to my child a few weeks ago somebody he saw in a wheelchair, and that's how innocently I was describing it to him that she was. <laughs> we were lucky we didn't need a wheelchair. I'm like I wasn't saying you're unlucky for being in a wheelchair. <laughs> she was having none of it." So I was just like, "I'm sorry," and I closed the freezer. And I wa- made <laughs> Sometimes there's yeah. just
0: nothing you could do. Yeah. You just gotta take so it that was and walk away.
1: So fucking embarrassing, and it was totally unintended. Like he was just taking information I had given him, and he was running with it. So on one side, you want to be proud of him that he's he's listening, right? So there's that side. <laughs>
0: as as they get older, though, I will tell you this: they get more. Um, the stories are still funny, but they're a little bit different. Like, for example, my daughter, when she was, she got a phone at like, you know, 13 years of age. That was kind of the rule in my house. Once you turn 13, you get a phone. Um, and the big thing at that time when she was 13 was Snapchat. And if you remember, when Snapchat first came out, it was Pretty much known as the like sexting yep. application of choice because I you could send a days. photo. I know I missed <laughs> it too, but you could send the photo <laughs> and it would disappear on the other person's phone yep. after like five or 10 seconds or whatever. Right. So they couldn't save it. Um, but people always screenshot it anyways and, and had copies of it. But anyway, so my daughter was like, well, all my friends are using Snapchat. And I'm like, well, hell no, you're not getting Snapchat. thats a, I know what that's used for. And this was before. I mean, now it's kind of like Facebook. You know, I mean, everybody communicates yeah. with it, you know, in various ways. But back then it had fairly, you know, one use. So I'm like, no way, you're not getting Snapchat. So the rule was every night she had to put her phone in my bedroom and plug it in so that they couldn't be up all night, you know, on the phone. So the phones always ended up in my room. Um, and every once in a while I had, you know, my thumbprint or I knew the code so that I can go on and check and make sure she wasn't doing anything, you know, she shouldn't be doing. So, um, after I had told her that she couldn't have Snapchat one time, she had installed Snapchat and I caught her and I was super mad. And I think we took her phone away for like two weeks, which at that time, I, we might as well have like slit her wrists because the screaming that came from that punishment would have been the same, Right.
1: Yet again, another story where you're not the cool dad. Just saying. <laughs> Go
0: ahead. <laughs> I never claimed to be the cool dad. So anyway, so we took her phone away for a while. She got it back, and she's like, okay, I'll never do it again. Um, but I'm not convinced that she's never going to do it again. So, you know, for the coming weeks, I would, you know, every night check her phone, and sure enough, Snapchat wasn't on there. So, but I just, I have this feeling in the back of my neck, like, I know She's installing it and maybe she's deleting it before she does it. And she's reinstalling it every day. So I go into the settings and I turn off her ability to delete apps. So now I put a passcode in there and only I can delete apps with a passcode. (laughs) So the next day I'm like, I got it. She's nailed. I know she's absolutely 100%. I'm going to get the phone back and, or she's going to realize it and she's going to confess. So that the next day she goes on, takes her phone, does her thing, and she goes over a friend's house, and she's supposed to come back at like eight o'clock at night, and um, she calls me and she says, "Dad, you're not going to believe this. My phone's not working. I'm calling you from a friend's house. My phone's not working. I had to reset it. Hmm. And I'm like, "Oh man." <laughs> She figured out a loophole. So she basically reset her phone back to factory settings so that it would get rid of all the applications that were on her phone. Later, good. it was really smart and I was mad. But when she got home, I'm like, all right, let's sit down and let's have a little discussion. And I, and I pulled the old, I know what you've been doing, even though I didn't. And ultimately she confessed, yes, that's what happened. You know, I, I installed it and then I, the only way I can get it, I freaked out. And can you imagine being like, you know, the minute where you're like, all right, time to go home Oops, you know, I'm going to like, you know, delete the app and everything's going to be great. And then all of a sudden you can't delete the app. Yeah. We've talked about this numerous times after the fact. And she said, um, like she was absolutely mortified. And and to this day, she gives me she's like, I literally like that was like probably one of the worst nights of my childhood. And I I get a kick out of it every time because I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to nail her. I'm smarter than her this time. She got me again.
1: See, the dangerous thing with with our kids that they don't realize is we got in a lot of trouble. We did a lot Mm -hmm. of things. We thought through a lot of loopholes. So, like, a lot of times when they're trying something, it's like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. You know, so that's one of the things that um, they're learning as they go, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like, especially with you being a technology person, mm-hmm. you know, so it's even worse. The other thing is what I've also learned very young was I don't say what I did because Inevitably, anytime I said what I did, was like my dad was like, "Look, I know what happened today. Why don't you give me your view?" If I told him, it was never the thing he would he knew about. Yeah, you get so in now trouble I got for in two things. For two things. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned very early was I'm like, no, no, you tell me what you know, and then, and then I'll add to it. So yeah. that's the part of the process.
0: Yeah, I, and the I mean. But, you know, as a parent, you're just like, you're trying to prevent your kids from making these really big mistakes, right? When you and I were kids, the worst that happened is some, we did something stupid. Somebody found out about it and they told a bunch of other people. And then most likely if it was really embarrassing, We would just say, oh, that never happened. And then people would forget about it. And it was no big deal. You can't do that
1: nowadays. Right. Like when I got caught stealing something at 12 years old, I just said at school, I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just talking to the cop because I knew him. You know, in our time, if you want to send a dick pic, you had to take a fucking Polaroid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're not going there, Michael. Where we are going, though, is one crazy question time. All right. Alright, um, so this is your question, so go ahead. What bad habits do
1: you wish you could stop?
0: Alright, so before I answer this, I have to ask you, what what's so crazy about this question?
1: Uh, well, it depends on the answer. Anything could be great. fucking great answer. What, what about if it was, what bad habits do you wish you could stop, and you'd be like killing the neighbor's dog? I'd be like, well, fuck, what, how, that's new, <laughs> right?
0: Alright, but by definition, doesn't the question need to be thought-provoking and crazy?
1: Are you going to get out of this one as well? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs>
0: no, no. Can I actually you not do have this? answer this? Um, so we, I, we've we talked about um, my OCD and, you know, we've talked about my nervous habits and stuff like that. Um, I've got some facial tics that I wish I could stop, um, but those are like not controllable habits, habits that I can control. And this is um, this is kind of embarrassing. Are you familiar with the colors of the spectrum and the uh, the term Roy G. Biv?
1: Well, Roy G. Biv is red, green, blue.
0: It's 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 red, orange. Yeah, it's red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Right. It's the colors of the light spectrum.
1: Right. And as any good child of the 70s, when you talk about the spectrum colors, if you just do the lucky charms in your head, yellow moon, green star, (laughs) green clovers, red diamonds, purple horseshoes, like that's it's all you need to know. Right.
0: Well, in science class in fifth grade, we were taught to remember the mnemonic Roy G. Biv, and that was how you remembered the colors of the spectrum. Um, I'm so anal about my clothes. I hang up all my t-shirts, and I've been doing this ever since I was in college. I think it was like a fraternity thing. Like, for some reason, my roommate always hung up his t-shirts so that they were nice and like flat. I hang up all my t-shirts, and I probably have no less than 60, 70 t-shirts, right? Every color in the spectrum. I actually organize them black. Oh, actually, let's start at the other side. White, gray, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, black. So if you at any given point, you look at my closet, it it looks like a a rainbow. It looks like a unicorn fucking shat all over the, the place.
1: I need to be careful because this could be a clinical thing and I don't want to make fun of you for it. (laughs) (laughs) But this also might explain why the last few years you've gone to like every 10 shirts you buy, eight of them are black.
0: 100%.
1: You got tired of fucking sorting them or you're going colorblind. It could
0: be not only sorting them. um, And I I was reading a book on Steve jobs and uh, you know, the Apple's old founder, he died. Um, He, he had, Like his wardrobe was entirely the same shirt. He had 20 of the same shirt, 20 of the same pants. Decision fatigue. 20 of this. Yeah. He's like, I'm just not, it's not worth my time to waste. I mean, when you're making billions of dollars, every minute is potentially tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. So in his mind, he's thinking in order to optimize my life, I'm just going to remove that decision. From I have a tuxedo for black tie events, I have a shirt and tie for funerals, and then I have my wardrobe that I wear everywhere else. Yeah. Um, so I've, not only that, as black becomes in or gray and, you know, kind of muted palette colors become like in style, it's real easy to just kind of build a wardrobe around that. So I do. yeah. But I, I do like to have some accent colors every once in a while.
1: Uh, how about a black eye? <laughs> um, so I wish is,
0: I would not be so anal retentive that I had to organize my closet by the colors of the light spectrum.
1: You you realize the next time I come over, I am totally fucking up your closet. You realize yeah. that, right?
0: Yeah. So it's a good so, thing you live 3000 miles away. <laughs> so that's not going to be too much of a problem.
1: My cousin doesn't like his nostrils, doesn't like his food being mixed. So like meaning if you put peas, he likes them in one side. If you put meat it's next to it. If you put mashed potatoes, it's next to it. And he doesn't really like mix some when he yeah. eats right. Same as your color thing. He walks away from the table. I of course start mixing the shit out of his food. Of course. And his wife goes, you know, he doesn't like that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> like that was, a, that's a given. <laughs> so my, my thing is I have bitten my nails basically my whole life. Right. It's, it's probably my worst quote unquote habit. Um, I don't smoke don't really drink never did drugs like that's my that's my habit I bite my nails all the time still so, yeah still oh. um so much so that like now sometimes in meetings I know I bite them so I kind of like I, like almost kind of hold them underneath so they don't stand out because I don't want people to be like oh right you're trying to sell us this man this guy's nails are fucked up I'm not doing business <laughs> with him I got one so one of the things my parents, when I was younger, they tried to get me to stop biting them. And they had this brilliant idea. They bought this. In essence, it was like, I don't know, for lack of another word, like liquid pepper spray. <laughs> and what they do is they put it on like you would nail polish on all your nails. And the idea there is every time you go to bite one, you get this pepper spray, your mouth's on fire. So you don't you you like it's like a. Pavelog's dog, right? You learn from, every time the bell goes off, there's food coming, right? So Mm -hmm. they they were trying to teach me to stop biting them. So what I did, though, to work around that, and I did it for quite a while, and they couldn't understand why it wasn't working, is I would just take the fucking hit at once. So I would just go in and lick all 10 nails and, like, (sighs) suck off all 10 of them at once just to get that hit and be like, all right, I'm good, and then I could bite my nails again. So, yeah, that's why I still bite them to this day.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah. So that is so something you wish I wish you could, I could stop. stop. That
0: all right? What's, yeah. what's preventing have, you from stopping that? Is it? It's clearly a nervous habit, right? You just you don't even notice you're doing it most of the time. Yeah. I bet.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a um, not not well. It's probably a nervous habit, right? That's by definition, I think, what it is. But I mm-hmm. think it's a, an escapism, right? Like when I drive, I notice I do that, right? Just like some people always smoke when they drive, right? That's one of the things they do. So it's just one of those things, and so. I don't know. I've, uh, I wish I could stop it. There's been times when we've bet on it, right? Again, going back to our gambling, mm-hmm. I'll bet on anything. So there's been times where somebody would be like, all right, I'll bet you range your tickets if you cannot bite your nails from January 1st through June 30th, and you need to get a manicure at the end of it. And fucking June 30th, I'm getting a manicure because I want those tickets.
0: So
1: it's one of those things. Like, I can do it, but we'll see.
0: Well, it's. I, I think it's also... Um, it's mind over matter um, for you very specifically because I've seen you lose like 50, 60 pounds to win a bet. Yeah. So it's not like you can't lose weight. You just have to want to. You, like, you need the right carrot in order to want to go through the trouble <laughs> to do it.
1: And probably eat more carrots as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're running, we're running long here. I want to do yeah. joke vault.
0: All right. Can I just, and I hesitate to say this before the joke, joke vault, but we've, we've gone almost an entire episode without talking about your balls. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive.
1: All right. Hold on. I'm looking. The balls are not in it. The balls okay. are not in this. All right. We're safe. All right. From the joke vault. Women wonder why men look at other women. Let me explain by offering a comparison. Did you ever put on the radio channel, really like the song? But still quickly press buttons two, three, four, and five to see what songs were on those channels. That's why men like to look at other women.
0: Because you want to see if something better's
1: on. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, if you're listening, I didn't even yeah. know not better. <laughs> David meant different.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just asking for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next episode, we are gonna we're gonna delve deeper into our childhood, huh?
1: Yes. Another, another round of childhood things. I want to talk about video games from when we were younger okay. and our, and our borderline, probably not even borderline, probably well over it addiction to video games, Atari coin operated pinball. All yeah. of those. I want to talk about all of them.
0: And then we both had computers and used to trade games on those big five and a quarter inch floppy disks right. as well. I remember those, um, question for you. Do you play any video games as an adult?
1: I play well. for
0: yourself, not for, hey, let me play with the kids because the kids want to play. But like kids go to bed. You've got the controls. What are you playing?
1: That sounds like a good tease for next week. (sighs) I'm Michael Carter.
0: And I'm David Michael.
1: And we are Ridiculously ridiculously Bored. (laughs)